Hello and welcome to episode 11. In this episode, we will be discussing diabetic nephropathy. Today's episode will be dense in information and so we will not be having the typical scenario. So we typically screen for diabetic kidney disease immediately as soon as we diagnose type 2 diabetes, while in type 1 diabetes, we typically wait five years after the diagnosis. Screening for nephropathy should be performed at least annually using a urine-albumin-creatinine ratio, which is superior to urine-albumin or urine-protein dipstick testing. In those with kidney disease, GFR should be measured using the CKD-EPI equation, which is recommended at least one to four times depending on the stage of CKD. The CKD-EPI equation uses age, gender, and serum creatinine to estimate the GFR indirectly. RACE was removed from the 2009 version of the CKD-EPI equation and is no longer used. A normal urine-albumin-creatinine ratio is less than 30 mg per gram of creatinine. Moderately elevated albuminuria, which previously was called microalbuminuria, is defined as UACR between 30 and 300. And severely elevated albuminuria, previously called macroalbuminuria, is defined as equal or more than 300 mg per gram. Abnormal values should be repeated to confirm the abnormality three months, and that's to help rule out false positive, which can happen in fever, hypertension, exercise, or severe hyperglycemia. If you detect severe albuminuria that is progressive in nature, or if you detected hematuria or casts, or a rapidly declining GFR, then you should refer the patient to nephrology for consideration of kidney biopsy, as this is not really typical of diabetic kidney disease progression. In people with chronic kidney disease who have severely elevated albuminuria, our goal should be to reduce the urinary albumin-creatinine ratio by 30% or greater, and that is to slow down the progression of kidney disease. There are several important considerations to reducing this progression. So we can actually do that by, number one, optimizing the glucose control to reduce the risk or at least slow down the progression of kidney disease. Intensive diabetes control has been shown to reduce the progression in kidney complications, as has been discussed in prior episodes. We should also optimize blood pressure with a goal of reducing the systolic to less than 130 and the diastolic blood pressure to below 80. And this has been shown to reduce CKD progression and reduce cardiovascular mortality. Number three, we should also use ACE inhibitors or ARBs in those with increased albuminuria or those with a GFR below 60 who have hypertension. When used, the maximum tolerated dose should be used. Serum creatinine can be expected to rise up to 30%, and using ACE inhibitors or ARBs in those with albuminuria but without hypertension 
is often done in practice as it's been shown to lower albuminuria, but really we don't have renal outcomes or renal outcome trials done on this specific population to prove that there is an actual beneficial impact. So right now, they're only mainly recommended in patients with hypertension and albuminuria or a GFR below 60. Now, the ADA absolutely recommend against the use of ACE inhibitors or ARBs in patients with diabetes who do not have albuminuria or CKD or hypertension, as in this setting, the ACE inhibitors or ARBs have not been shown to be quote-unquote kidney protective. And the number four way we can help protect from kidney progression is to use SGLT2 inhibitors, which are recommended to reduce the progression of CKD and reduce cardiovascular events in those with CKD and albuminuria, as long as their GFR is above 20. In studies such as the IMPA-REG, CANVAS, LEADER, SUSTAIN-6, the relative risk reduction of CKD progression, composite endpoint, which was actually a secondary endpoint in these studies, compared to placebo, was between 20 and 40%, depending on the studies. The primary outcome in a lot of these studies were cardiovascular events, which were also shown to be improved compared to placebo. Credence showed a beneficial effect of canagliflozin in patients with severely increased albuminuria and GFR between 30 and 90, who were already on maximum tolerated ACE inhibitor or ARB medication, and it still showed an additive 32% relative risk reduction in progression to ESRD. The DAPA-CKD study looked at patients with CKD with or without diabetes up to a GFR of 25 and showed a significant kidney benefit. So there is still a benefit for delaying kidney disease progression, even though the GFR is below 45. However, the glucose-lowering effect is reduced at a GFR below 45. Now, another way we can delay CKD progression is by using non-steroidal mineral corticoid receptor antagonists, such as finurinone or curindia. Curindia is recommended to reduce CKD progression and cardiovascular risk for those with type 2 diabetes and diabetic kidney disease and albuminuria, as long as their GFR is above 25. Unlike steroidal agents, finurinone is very selective for the mineral corticoid receptor, and it blocks sodium reabsorption and is thought to reduce the mineral corticoid-induced inflammation and fibrosis. The incidence of hyperkalemia with this drug is about 14%, so patients should be monitored weekly in the early stages of using this medication. And another way we can delay CKD progression is by using GLP-1 agonists. Although there is data for using these agents, they don't yet have the FDA indication for that purpose. Now, when patients have stage 3 or higher CKD, we should uh, restrict dietary protein to 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight because a higher protein consumption can increase proteinuria and serum creatinine. So just to summarize, let's say you have a patient with type 2 diabetes who has severely increased albuminuria or a GFR below 60, 
and let's say they also have hypertension, then your first priority should be to improve their glycemic targets to achieve the lowest possible A1C that you can achieve without risking the onset of hypoglycemia. And that is something uh, that is at least below 7%, but hopefully closer to 6 or 6.5%. If it can be done in a safe way, and that is uh, more typical of patients who are not yet on insulin than patients with advanced diabetes. And the second goal is to improve their blood pressure to below 130 over below 80 using ACE inhibitors or ARBs at maximally tolerated doses. And that may include stopping or reducing the dose of other antihypertensives. And then, you know, if they still have persistent albuminuria and, or a low GFR, then you want to consider adding an SGLT2 inhibitor and if the patient at a future time continues to have albuminuria or a reduced GFR, then you want to consider adding phenirinone, which is a non-steroidal mineral corticoid receptor blocker, and that will help uh, prevent further decline in kidney function and improved cardiovascular outcomes. And when the patient uh, does reach CKD stage 3 or higher, then you should really limit the protein intake to 0.8 grams per kilogram of weight. And then you should start reviewing their medication list to see which medications are renally excreted, especially metformin, and considering reducing it below the GFR of 45 and stopping it when the GFR reaches below 30. And this concludes our episode on diabetic nephropathy. In the next episode, we will be discussing diabetic retinopathy. Thank you for listening.